Not proud I called you for the fifth time I just gotta quit trying for you, baby Try my hardest for the shit But you, you don't give like me So I, so I'ma make this promise here I promise I'm the best you Welcome, welcome, welcome I'm gonna welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast It's your boy Jalen And what do the Jets the Giants, the Texans, and the Atlanta Falcons have in common. What they have in common is all those teams are 0-4. Now, we just saw Atlanta Falcons lose last night. We we know the Jets. We know the Giants, how bad they are. But let's talk about the Texans. So yesterday, the Texans fired Bill O'Brien, who was not only the coach, but the active GM. And here's the reason why it's, 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 it's very tough to be both. When I say both, I mean the head coach and the GM. Let's look at, let's look at some past situations, right? Let's look at, let's look at NBA because NBA is a good, we've seen that multiple times, a coach be a GM or a coach have front office uh, power. Let's look at Stan Van Gundy, right? Stan Van Gundy was, I believe, the head of players operations and a head coach for the Orlando, no, for the Detroit Pistons. And being a head coach is already a lot. It takes a lot of your time. You have to draw up schemes. You have to scout. You have to, you know, it's, it's, let me not say scout, but you have to, you know, it's hard. It's, it's tough being an NBA coach. It's tough being a coach in general. And I can only imagine being a coach in the NFL. You know, you got more players. You have more plays. You you have to learn a lot. You have to know a lot more. Why don't I start with this? There should be no reason. Here, I just said, what's the difference? Or what do the all those teams, the Jets, the Giants, the Falcons, and... Texans have in common is that they're 4-0. Now, what's the difference between those teams? The difference between those teams is there's a lot of people that think Sam Darnold's cooked. And I think that we'll talk about Sam Darnold a little bit, but I think that there's a little bit of validity to that. What about the Giants? The Giants and Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones can't get right. Daniel Jones has regressed from his uh, rookie year. Of course, we know about the injuries and we know about Saquon Barkley not being there, which is huge. The, the the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons is dealing with a, a, a multitude of injuries. And it's not just injuries. They're dealing with injuries. They're dealing with coaching situations. And a lot of people are, are out on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan hasn't been, hasn't really produced since the Super Bowl year. The Texans have the best quarterback out of all four teams. In fact, the Texans, a lot of people think that Deshaun Watson, including myself, Deshaun Watson is a top 10 quarterback. So how is it that a top 10 quarterback, a top 10 quarterback is 0-4? Look at, let's look at all the other quarterbacks in the league, right? Let's look at uh, all, all the other quarterbacks that we believe are top 10. Let's look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is 4-0. Let's look at Russell Wilson. And Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a multitude of injuries. He hasn't had Devontae Adams hasn't played a lot. You know, he's dealing with um, Valdez Scantling, I believe, has not played. No, I forgot the other wide receiver's name, but he's not playing. He's dealing with all that, yet and still, he's he's 4-0 after beating the Atlanta Falcons last night. Let's look at Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is dealing with DJ. Uh, what he he's dealing with. He has one of the worst offensive lines and worst defensive lines in the league. Yet and still, he's four and Let look at Lamar Jackson. He's three and one. Patrick Mahomes four and Who else? Who else did you want to throw in there? Hell, even Baker Mayfield. I think is what. Uh. Two and or three and two. What I'm saying is this it is tough being a head coach in the NFL. And one thing that you can do as a head coach, which it, it, it kind of gets you into trouble sometimes, but you can do it, and that's lead with emotion. You see a lot of emotion. You see 
coaches like Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is a coach, a great coach, but he leads with emotion a lot. You know, he's high energy. And a lot of his decisions is it's smart decisions, but they're led on emotion. Like, how do I feel right now uh, with players that he plays, the minutes that they get? Um, it's all led on emotion. And for at a certain extent, which it could get you into trouble from time to time, which it has got Pete Carroll into trouble. I look at the Super Bowl uh, play, the last play of the game at the one yard line. You have Russell Wilson. You have um Marshawn Lynch and you throw the ball get it picked that's an emotional call that is a bad call it it can backfire a lot of times but for some coaches it can work so Pete Carroll operates on emotion right the difference between Pete Carroll and Bill O'Brien is Pete Carroll is only a head coach you see you cannot operate on emotion when you're the head coach and the GM and that is a that's you know, you see that when you trade away arguably the best wide receiver in the game in DeAndre Hopkins. Think about it. The game in the the game of football is about trying to get the most. Look at the Bucks. The Bucks say, you know what? We're going to compile as much talent as we can, and and see, I don't care if. if we haven't played together at all. We're going to compile the most talent possible and it's working dividends for him. then you look at look look at another team what's another team um hell look at look at look at what the what the what the rams did a couple years ago compile as much as much talent as possible and that got them to the super bowl yes they didn't win it but that got them to the super bowl hell if you really look on paper look at the atlanta falcons you get ty Gurley, you have calvin ridley you have uh julio jones you have hayden hurst they try to to get at least on the offensive side of the ball they try to get as much as much talent as possible The the name of the game is not, you know, we'll work with what we can work with. Don't get me wrong, Kenny Stills is a is a is a okay wide receiver. Will Fuller is an okay wide receiver. But the difference between Will Fuller and Kenny Stills and DeAndre Hopkins is reliability. Will Fuller has dealt with injuries his entire career. Kenny Stills has dealt with injuries his entire career. DeAndre Hopkins has not done that. DeAndre Hopkins has been a role model citizen for the the Houston Texans, and you trade him because a you say you can't pay him, you can't pay him what you feel he's worth, even though you pay Laramie Tunsil the largest contract an offensive lineman gets, and Larry Tunsil is not that good. I'm gonna just be, I'm gonna just keep it a bean with you. He's straight, but he's not that good. But you trade away him. Because you feel you can't give him what he's owed. And then you also trade him because him and Bill O'Brien, who, again, is the head coach and the GM, had a tiff. Had a little, had didn't see eye to eye. So you trade away arguably the best, the best receiver in the game to the... <laughs> To the Arizona Cardinals for a a running back, by the way, who has dealt with multiple upon multiple injuries. Bill O'Brien deserved to be fired. There should be no reason why you look at the Texans night after or weekend week Sunday after Sunday, and they're in dogfights and they're they're zero and four. A team with the talent like with with a talented quarterback like Deshaun Watson. They're 0 and 4. Not to mention, let's look at let's think about this, right? Let's think about you give away or you trade away DeAndre Hopkins. You let Tyron Matthew go. He goes to the Chiefs, wins the Super Bowl. And is a big part of that Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's not Tyree Kill, but he was a huge reason why the Chiefs. Defense turned around once he got there. The, the Chiefs' defense were one of the worst defenses in the league. It was just Patrick Mahomes was so great. But when Tyron Matthew got there, they they improved. To now, I'm not saying they're the best, but they're top, at least top ten. 
Jadavion Clowney was on that team. Jadavion, you you let Jay, you let Jadavion Clowney go. Now he's playing for the Texans. No, the Titans. I'm sorry. What I'm saying is, you're doing a lot. The, the name of the game, right, is to compile as many good players as possible. And what the Texans are doing is they're leading with emotion and letting good players go. There's, I have no problem with paying Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson deserved the money that he gets. Yeah, I would like to see him more successful in the playoffs, but it's tough when everything around you is in dysfunction. It is nobody, even when, even when they named Bill O'Brien, the head coach and the GM, everyone outside of, the, of Houston was like, that's a horrible, horrible decision. Hell, Bill O'Brien hasn't had success anywhere. You know, it goes back to, it goes back to uh, when I was talking about, I, I put on Twitter, it's crazy how there are some head coaches that continuously have a job, but then there's some like Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, who cannot get a head coaching job, even though everyone in the league believes they're coaching material. Like, I, I can imagine. I wonder how the Texans will look with Aaron B, Eric Bieniemy as their head coach. So, again, Bill O'Brien's out. Now the, the Texans are on, on the hunt for a new, not only, not only a new head coach, but a new GM. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you, when everyone, when it's just tough, man, because it's just, there's so much wrong with what, what Bill O'Brien did. People, people want to look at, okay, the Texans were in the playoffs last year, but a lot of the Texans being in the playoffs was more Deshaun Watson than Bill O'Brien. Deshaun Watson's greatness, which is why he got paid. Deshaun Watson's greatness led them to the Super Bowl. I mean, ooh, led them to the playoffs. It wasn't Bill O'Brien's coaching. So because of that, Bill O'Brien now is out of a job. And you know what's crazy? Bill O'Brien's going to get a job again. I'm not saying he's going to get a head coaching job. But I put money, he's going to get a, a coordinator job or something. Because he's a defensive coach, even though the defense for Houston was horrible. I'm sure he's going to get something, which is crazy. In fact, he'll probably get a head coaching. I mean, he'll probably get a coaching job or picked up before the Texans find a, a new coach, which is crazy. But Bill O'Brien's out. And, then, and again, there's no reason why. A team as talented or a team with a quarterback as talented as Deshaun Watson. A lot of people think Deshaun Watson should be at least a top five quarterback with his talent set. Not one of those people. It's just when everything else around you is in disarray, it's like I understand how tough it can be. Trust me, I I, I do. But, yeah. Let's move forward, moving forward. So the biggest fear that we had, we're, we're moving on, we're moving on, trust me. The biggest fear that we had going into this year, uh, no, going into this NFL season was players contracting COVID. Was, you know, we don't have a handle, hell, as we can see with the president, we don't have a handle on COVID. And a lot of people, including myself, was skeptical about starting the season because we don't have a handle on COVID. And we've seen the death toll rise. We've seen a college player die. We've seen we've seen uncontrollable, you know, un the virus is uncontrollable. Now, a lot of people are looking at the numbers as in, you know, not too many people die compared to the people that have gotten the virus. Um a lot of people that died are elderly until that's come out and say, wait a second, you know, a lot of there's still a lot of teens and a lot of 20 year olds and 30 year olds contracting the virus. It's just we didn't have a handle on it. And that was the biggest fear going into the NFL season 
which was, should we start the season because, you know, the virus? And this week, the NFL did a really good job the last few weeks. You know, maybe no no positive test, maybe one. Uh, he was, you know, quarantined, this and the third. But a big name, this week we saw it run through. When I say it, I mean COVID. Run through the Texans. the te- Not Texans, Titans, I'm sorry. Run through the Titans. I believe, what, 10 maybe? 10 players got, got it? Forcing the NFL to move their game with the Steelers to week seven, making this week, week four, a bye week for both for both um, teams. Now, that's a, the thing about it is, it's going. It's, it's probably going to have effect on the next week. On next week, seeing as though I think maybe ten or more players and staff contracted the virus. So they are shutting down the practice facility. You can't even get in until I think Wednesday of next week, meaning that they will not be in the practice facility for more than a week and a half. And they still have to, I don't remember who they play next week, but you know what I'm saying? And you're starting to see the measures that the NFL is taking. Like I said, this affects not only the Titans, but this also affects the Steelers. The Steelers didn't have any positive players yet, and still they have to suffer because nobody wants to have a bye week in week four. You know how nobody wants to have a bye week in week four? Because nobody has a bye week in week four. Like, it's too early for a bye week, not to mention you still didn't, you didn't have a preseason, so players are starting to or or starting to get around to the to to conditioning and you know you it, 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 it i talked about i talked about um routine and a couple episodes ago and that's that's it like this routine has 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 been thrown off seeing as though you're planning for a game and now for a whole week you're quarantining again so this affects um the Steelers and the Titans, and then Cam Newton, uh, the court, the quarterback of the Patriots, contracted the virus. Uh, now the difference between Cam Newton and the Patriots, because the Cam Newton and the Patriots played last night against the Chiefs, they didn't. They just their game moved from Sunday to Monday. The difference is the Texans or the Titans had multiple players like uh, of a multitude of players and coaches contract the virus for the Patriots it was only Cam Newton Cam Newton was the only one that tested positive so they just moved the game for oh they shut down the the team on that Sunday and moved the game to Monday and again this we knew this was going to happen we knew that there you know with with the league as far as in the NFL not playing in a bubble, seeing as of how big the the teams, the league is, it's virtually impossible to play in a bubble unless you do like in the playoffs or something. But even even still, you see teams like the Chiefs or teams like the like the Cowboys have fans, so that you know that kind of negates the bubble. But again, we, we you know this is we we knew this was going to happen. We knew that there were going to be players. We knew that there were going to be multiple, like multiple players on a team, uh, contract the virus. And as we're starting to see, the the thing is, how was the NFL going to react? You know, and that's what we're seeing is they're locking down, they're shutting down, they're trying to, you know, I think they're testing every day, which is good, and they're trying their best to. Have a hand, have as much to handle as possible. Now, again, there's still some people that's saying, you know, you should you you shouldn't have a season. You shouldn't be playing right now with, with everything going on. But how the NFL is is doing it is how they're doing it. So, you know, as we're starting to see, again, as we knew, the NFL there were players that are going to have or going to contract COVID. It's just what they do from there. And as we're seeing, the NFL is 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 moving swiftly. So um let's talk about some games that happened on Sunday. Uh let's let's talk about the Cowboys game. 
I, I told you before. Sometimes you have to disregard the the ending and look at the process. All right. You know, you look at the game. Cowboys lose 49 to 38. You'll say to yourself, okay, well, it was a shootout. Uh, Dak Prescott threw for over 500 yards. I think first player in NFL history to have like three or four or three consecutive games throwing 400 or more or four consecutive games, something like that. CD Lamb had two touchdowns. Amari Cooper, I believe, had a touchdown or a really good pass. Or no, a touchdown. Um, but it goes back to you can't really look at the ending or ending and look at the meat of the bones. Or no, look at look at the process of which the steak was cooked. I think. In fact, I'm almost sure that Dallas has has trailed in every single game this season going into halftime. And I believe three out of the four games, they've trailed by more than 16. On paper, we know Dallas, you know, Dallas have. Dallas has the quarterback. They have the right receivers. They have the of the other Pro Bowl running back. They have the the offensive line that is is one of the best. They have the big names on defense. But the Cowboys are starting to develop their identity, and <laughs> their identity is not exactly what they want it to be. At, at, at this point, what is the Cowboys' identity that we've seen throughout four weeks? Because four weeks is a big sample size, right? What we're starting to see from the Cowboys is, A, their defense is horrible. Especially, especially in the... I'm not going to say just the secondary. Their defense is horrible. They, 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 they're, getting, they're, they're getting run on like crazy. They're 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 letting receivers open like crazy. They they let they let Jarvis Landry, a receiver, throw to Odell Beckham, a receiver, a dime to the end zone for a touchdown. So, like I said, Dallas's Dallas is they're they're horrible on defense. Dak Prescott is probably the greatest quarterback of all time. When is garbage time? A lot of that 500 point or 500 yard throws or 500 yards was garbage time minutes. Like they were down, I think 28 at one point against the 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 Browns. And don't get me wrong, the Browns has talent. Yes, I mean we'll talk about the Browns in a second. But you're you're down 28, and it's when I say when you're down 28, it's not like when you hear, damn, they were down 28. That that sounds like there was a huge gap between the teams, and there really was. There really isn't if you really look at the teams on paper. But, like I said, Dallas is horrible on defense. Ezekiel Elliott does not look like a pro bowler at all. Ever since he, he got paid the big bucks that he got paid, he hasn't looked great at all. He has spurts, don't get me wrong. He has some incredible games. He has He has some incredible moments, but overall he doesn't look good. And the same thing that plagued the Cowboys with Jason Garrett is the same thing that we're seeing plague the Cowboys with, um, uh, man, Mike McCarthy. Questionable play calling, questionable, questionable clock management, and it just doesn't seem like. You know what you want. You know, it doesn't seem like you come prepared every game. It seems like you have to, you, you're, you're, it's, it kind of seems like you're, they're, they're moving on the fly, which should never be the case in the NFL. I talked about identity. And like I said, the Cowboys are starting to develop their identity and their identity is not the identity they want. 
the Cowboys is the Cowboys are going to are in the running to be if they continue now of course it's still early in the season and the NFC East is is still trash so they definitely have a chance to make the playoffs but mm, it's it's not looking good like I said Dak Prescott is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in garbage minutes hell he's I think like I said this is like the third game in a row he's thrown over 400 yards, and a lot of those passes were in garbage minutes. Now, yes, I understand that what happened with the Atlanta game, but the Atlanta lost that game more than the da- more than Dallas won the game. Hell, if 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 the the players knew how to how to maneuver an onside kick, then Dallas would be 0 and 4. But. Let me let me let me let me go over and give praise to the to the Browns. You know, I was one of the people questioning is is Baker Mayfield a bust? You know, let me not say a bust. Is Baker Mayfield yeah, I'll say it. Baker Mayfield a bust. You know, number one overall pick, struggled. Now again, he's had head a different head coach every season he's been here. And but you have people like Odell Beckham, you have Nick Chubb, you have Jarvis Landry, you have Miles Garrett, you have Austin Hooper now, you have Kareem Hunt. It's like at some point the the thing holding the team back is the quarterback. But as we've seen this this season and as we've seen throughout the last few weeks, the Browns' success comes from running the ball and not making Baker Mayfield throw 30, 40 times. I think that was the problem, you know, last season. You expected Baker Mayfield to beat you in the air, and that's not happening. Like, he's not at that point in his career where he can do something like that. So, you know, you take the ball out of his hands. You you give it to Kareem Hunt. You give it to Nick Chubb. You, you stop force-feeding Odell Beckham, and you're starting to see success. And like I said, yesterday, or no, Sunday was a prime example of how good the Browns can be. The Browns were incredible defensively. Yeah, they did let the Cowboys come back, but at the end of the day, like, you know, they they still won. And you saw the explosiveness of Odell Beckham. You know, we haven't seen that in two years since he left uh, New York. And we saw the explosiveness. He had two touchdowns, one incredible run. That, you know, that was a jet sweep. But, yeah, man, I, I have to give credit to the Browns. I have to give credit to the Cowboys, man. So, um, let me, what else, what else? Russell Wilson, I mean, I don't, I, I gush over, you know, Russell Wilson every year. I mean, every week. We know how great he is. Russell Wilson, you know, and, and what we're starting to see is he's not just, you know, when Russell Wilson starting to win multiple ways, when I say he can hit you with the deep ball, and, and when I say multiple ways, I say this: he can beat you with multiple people. He beat he was destroying it with the wide receiver. Uh, I forgot his first name, but Moore, the one that went to I think East East Carolina or something. It's like he's beating you with 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 wide receivers you never even heard of. And there should be no that every time I saw him pass to Moore, I'm like, yo, Moore is wide open. That is, that's good scheming. That's that's and that's playing alongside Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson has the the ability to throw it in the pocket nearly every time. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna gush over Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson yet again proved why beating the Dolphins, yet again, why he to me is a front runner for MVP. And the team now, which is the Seahawks, is four and zero. Uh, and that's the f- second time in team history. The first time was 2013, the one year they won the Super Bowl. So, and for the Dolphins, man, it's it's. I think it's time. Like it's like Ryan Fitzpatrick is good in sp- and like he's good in spurts. Ryan Fitzpatrick to me cannot be your starting quarterback. Move like your starting quarterback the entire season because if that's the case, you're not going to win many games. But he can come in, you know, he'll he'll be good maybe one or two weeks. Uh he he'll tr- he'll probably win you again. It's kind of like Nick Foles. To me, Nick Foles and and 
Ryan Fitzpatrick are kind of in the same boat. Now, yes, I understand Nick Foles won a championship, but think about it. Nick Foles didn't play the whole season. And as we saw Sunday against um as he started the as he as he was a starting quarterback for the Bears playing against the the Indianapolis Colts. He I don't know how much of a starting quarterback he is. And that's just like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is good in spurts, but to me, he's not the type of why he's not the type of quarterback that can lead a team the entire season. So because of that, I think we're gonna see Tua Tagovailoa a lot sooner than we expected. So don't be surprised in the next few weeks if we don't see Tua. So um, what else? What else? Uh, of course, we saw the ending to the Rams and. Giants game, Jalen Ramsey and and uh what's his name? Golden Tate got to got to scrapping. You know, they had personal issues off the field, um, on the field. Of course the Giants lost yet again. Which which actually was a weird game because that game was a lot closer than I expected. Uh you know, every every team to me has those trap games, those games where you just expect to come in and beat any of those any anybody and when I, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you, you you lose, but those trap games where you probably don't prepare as hard because you know the team's not that good. I think the Saints dealt with that too. Um, I think the Saints dealt with that too this week when they played the the Lions, and we'll talk about the Lions in a second. But when we played against the or when they played against the Lions, and the Lions jumped up to like a fourteen zero lead, and the Saints are like, oh damn, hold on, let's. Let's get this into gear, y'all. And then they ended up uh, beating the brakes off them. So, yeah, uh, the Rams still look good. They play the Washington football team this week, and uh, you know we'll see how it is. But yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna speak on what's what happened in the game because we all know what happened. It's a personal issue. Um, they do the thing. Uh. I have to issue an apology. <laughs> I, I have to issue issue an apology. Um, on this podcast, I said that Josh Allen was trash. <laughs> I said all Josh Allen had was a good arm, and that's it. I sit here today. You know what? I'm not going to issue an apology. I'm going to. I, I can be a man about what I said. And I understand that Josh Allen has played incredible this year. Josh Allen, to me, while I don't think he is uh, number one in MVP voting, I do think he's at least top five when we talk about MVP. Hell, I'll even go as far as say, as in right now, top three in MVP voting. He's the thing about Josh Allen that plagued him was decision making and was accuracy you know he he we all know how strong you know out of wyoming we all know how strong of an army is we all know the cannon that he has we all know the talent that he has around him it's just we as as fans were questioning how good josh allen can be you know how how good is Josh Allen seeing as though he has a cannon, but everything else that he has isn't that good. But as we've seen this year, you know, you get Stefan Diggs and you have the pieces around him. He's worked, he's he's shored up his accuracy. He's shored up his decision-making. Sometimes he throw into pockets that aren't even pockets um, last year, but this year he's played incredible. Now, yeah, I know it's, four weeks in but I'm, I'm not saying that to say he's going to regress I'm saying that to say as in four weeks Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league or at least he's played like one of the best quarterbacks in the league so you know respect has to be given to how good he's playing and he's he's led the he's led the um the Bills to 4-0 like I didn't expect the Bills were going to be 4-0 I knew they were going to be good this year but I didn't think they were going to be 4-0 so and that's to me solely on the play of Josh Allen you know he's 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 a perfect complement to what you know they want to do with Diggs and the running game with Singletary and 
you know, all the all the position, all, all the good players they have on offense, not to mention the incredible defense they have. So, you know, I have to give I have to give credit where credit is due to um, Josh Allen. So shouts out to you, man. Ooh, you know, <laughs> you know, we're going to go on the. We're going to go on the opposite side of the ledger. Um, you know, we just talked about what are the Jets, Giants, Texans, and Atlanta Falcons have in common. That was being 4-0. But let's also dig deeper into that. What do, what do the Falcons... In fact... Let me tell you how the Jets are different than all four of those teams. Let's let's go with the Giants. The Giants, while they look like they don't really have direction right now, that's only because their star player in uh, Saquon Barkley is out, torn ACL, out for the season. They want to be. They don't really. They did. They went into this season hoping that they didn't have to rely on Daniel Jones to throw as much as he has to throw. They didn't they didn't expect that. They that was that was not what they wanted to do. Let's look at the Texans. Like I said, you have Deshaun Watson. You have at least some pieces around him. Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, uh David Johnson. A decent defense. Like not even decent. Uh slightly below decent defense. Uh but you kind of know what you, you know you even though you don't have a coach or a GM right now, you kind of, you know, they're not the Jets. And then you have the Atlanta Falcons. And on paper, on paper, they have one of the best. <laughs> let me not say that. They have a really good team on paper. You know, you have Matt Ryan, you have Todd Gurley, you have Hayden Hurst, you have Julio Jones, who didn't finish the game last night due to a his hamstring flaring up again. Uh, you have Calvin Ridley, who has morphed himself into one of the best wide receivers in the league or most reliable wide receivers in the league. Uh, they have talent, right? And we'll talk about them in just a second, but they have talent. They're just decimated with injuries. And we'll talk about them in a second. But how, what do they all have different from the Jets? The Jets have no direction. The Jets have, they don't have one, I can't see one area of their team that's good. Outside of Sam Darnold. And even Sam Darnold has regressed incredibly. To me, hell, we saw on um, Thursday night. You know, they, they lost to the Broncos 37 to 28, but we saw glimpses, right? We saw glimpses of how good Sam Darnold can be. We saw an incredible run. We saw some some passes that, you know, thread the needle. We saw some touchdown passes. We saw some incredible plays from Sam Darnold. But uh, what else did we see? We saw the offensive line that was that was non-existent. Like he kind of he had to run for his life damn near every play. We saw the defense that tried their hardest to lose the game, and they did. We saw a coaching staff that not only is not not good, but that is horrible at at even clock management. We saw <laughs> we saw organizational disarray from top to bottom. Why am I saying this? Because people want to kill me for saying that Sam Darnold is good. Let me not say that. He's not. I didn't. I never said that. People want to kill me for comparing Sam Darnold to. I remember I did the quarterback, quarterback NBA player comp, and people wanted to kill me for saying that Sam Darnold was Devin Booker. But the thing is. The organization that is the Jets have done everything in their power not to help their star player. Hell, can I'm sure, uh, unless you're a Jets fan, I'm sure you cannot name me three of their wide receivers. 
I'm sure you can. I'm sure because <laughs> this this blew me away. I'm sure half of America did not know Joe Flacco was a backup on that team. I'm sure you could not tell me that you would have 30,000-year-old 30, 30, Frank Gore catching catching fly routes. Oh, no. Doing fly routes. <laughs> the Jets have failed Sam Darnold. And honestly... They fell Sam Darnold so much. More than likely, they're going to move off him. And do not be do not be surprised if when they move off him and he goes to another team, he flourishes. Look at everybody that's left uh, Adam Gase and, or the Jets organization. How good they've been moving forward. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Everybody in the world, including myself, thought Ryan Tannehill was trash. They're not. He's not. Then he goes to the, the Titans with a good coaching staff. Good pieces around him, and now look. It's like the Jets have failed Sam Darnold. And the worst part about it is I agree with everyone. Sam Darnold has regressed. Sam Darnold has regressed incredibly. And it's like <clears throat> that is a that is a pure example of bad coaching. What you do, what you learn as a coach, or what you what you're taught as a coach or or player development coach or whatever the hell you want to call yourself is you're supposed to develop players to get better. He's gotten worse. And what's, what's even worse is the fact that I looked on his schedule. I don't I don't count a win. Hell, it's not just that. They mismanaged what happened with Le'Veon Bell. The coaching staff and the front office is not the coaching staff and the front office are butting heads with each other, and that's trickling down to the team. Again, I'm not saying Sam Darnold is the greatest quarterback ever, but what I am saying is they have failed Sam Darnold. And I don't think Sam Darnold will be good until. He he leaves or gets sent out of the Jets to a to a organization that caters to his needs. So, um, you know, moving forward, I know why Dan Quinn hasn't been fired yet. Zero and four, you have all the talent in the world. I know why he hasn't been fired. I, I was looking at yesterday's game. And they just looked outmatched against the against the Green Bay Packers. And I'm like, damn, Dan Quinn still got a job. But then I got it. What they're going to do or what they're doing is they're blaming an 0-4 Atlanta Falcons on injury. Injury. What they're going to say is, oh, no, he was, he was injured. So it's like... <laughs> Because you have so many injuries, how Julio Jones is dealing with um, hamstring injuries, their whole defense seems like it's decimated. They're like, you know, Dan Quinn, we got you, we got you, bro, we got you, which is horrible. That's 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 trash. So, you know, but shouts out to Dan Quinn uh, for still for still having a job, even even with Matt Jones. I mean, Matt Ryan being completely healthy, even with. Green Bay, their top two receivers were out, even with the debacle that we saw against Dallas and that onside kick or the multiple 16-point leads that you've given up. Uh, the fact that Todd Gurley looks like a shell of his old self. I don't want to say he's washed, but he he ain't, he ain't dry, I'll tell you that. Uh, I don't want to – I don't want to – I'm not even it doesn't even matter I guess that Calvin really is is still looking incredible but you know Dan Quinn still got a job so shouts out to him uh and lastly before I move on to the NBA I'm not going to talk about every game um Matt Patricia came out and said that the reason why 
the the lion struggles so much or the reason why the lions aren't good is because he had to come in and do a lot of changing because there was a lot that needed improvement even though currently today i believe they're nine and 25 under matt patricia and the previous head coach jim caldwell they were 36 and 28 and i don't believe they had a losing season with jim caldwell you know the problem with Matt Patricia is he's not a good head coach. That's that's just plain and simple. So, and the fact that you want to, th- you pretty much gave an outlier or of why you know why they struggle. You struggle because you're not a good coach. That's that's just plain and simple. So, <laughs> Jim Caldwell was a way better coach than you, my G. I'm just say that. Moving forward, the Lakers are up 2-1 in the series, uh, NBA Finals. The game four, game four is tonight. Uh, I I expect, you know, last week or last game, the Heat won. Jimmy Butler became the third player to have a 40-point triple-double. The Heat played incredible, even with Bam out of bio out, even with Gordon Dragic out. Again, I, I didn't say Lakers in four. Now, I don't think that he'd have a chance. And there's a good there's a good chance that Bam plays this or plays tonight, but there's a lot of things that went wrong for the Lakers, and there's a lot of things that went right for uh, the Heat last game. I don't see Jimmy Butler having a forty point triple double again, and I don't see even though Duncan Robinson was shooting, that man was shooting every time he touched the ball, bro. Like him and Tyler Euro. I guess that's what Coach Spolster wanted. Like, yo, just shoot the ball. Cause they were, yeah, like they they had like 15 and 13, but it's like they were shooting the lights. And let me not say that. They were shooting the hell out the ball. They weren't making it exactly, but they were just shooting like a lot. I'm like, God dang, bro. Like, damn. Jay Crowder was hitting, which was good. Uh and they they, you know, <laughs> LeBron James didn't play well. Anthony Davis didn't play well. No one played well, honestly, for the Lakers. And I don't really expect that. Uh, Miles Leonard came in and kind of neutralized Dwight Howard. Kelly Olynyk was hitting threes. Like, I think that, again, I said Lakers in six. Uh, I I think the Lakers will win this game tonight. I think that the Heat will win the next one and the Lakers will finish it out. But, yeah, man. Uh, I do have to shout out Jimmy Butler for playing like the max player that he is, for being the third player with LeBron James and Jerry West, being the third player to act, to have a triple double in the finals. So, shouts out, and shouts out. Uh, lastly, shouts out to the WNBA for um, the Storm right now. Currently, are up two zero in the NBA, uh, WNBA Finals against the Aces. I think game three is tonight. Like I said, I told you guys. Nobody wants to listen to me, but I told you guys. I said, yo, the Aces are incredible. The Aces are really, really good. It's just when you're losing firepower like Liz Cambage and like Kelsey Plum, while you can feast and you can you can make it, you know, yes, Asia Wilson won MVP, but when you're going against uh, a Brianna Stewart or a Sue Bird or the the stout team that is the Storm, it's like <laughs> it's you know you're gonna need those heavy hitters, and you're st- like I said, you're starting to see. I think the the first two games, the the um, the Aces were beat on the glass. Now I could be wrong, but I believe that that's what happened, and. I'm sure that wouldn't happen with Liz Cambage there. And we see uh, Sue Bird feasting. I don't know how much that would, you know, be the case if Kelsey Plum was there. Yes, Angel McCultry is playing incredible, but it's like, again, when you're when you're when you're going up against the Seattle Storm, you want to be or you have to be as you have to be a hundred percent ready and you want to be as close to healthy as possible because like I said, Brianna Stewart, she's going to keep coming. And like I said, this would be game three tonight. So, shouts out to them. And there you have it, man. This has been a quick episode. I'm a little tired. I don't really feel good. But, you know, I appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, I appreciate you guys for um, 
continue to listen, continue to watch, uh, continue to support. Uh, you can follow me on social medias, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all that. I'll leave in the description below. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And I hope you guys have a great, great week. And uh, there's a lot of sports. Like I said, uh, there's a lot of sports every day. But I didn't even talk about the MLB uh, playoffs because I ain't been catching them. I do know that the Marlins did beat the Cubs. <laughs> and the Marlins, I have to give a shout out to Marlins. I mean, you win a hundred, you lose 105 games a year ago, and this year now is you know you're in the second round of the playoffs, or you're you beat the Cubs. So, shouts out to them. But uh, yeah. Um, until next time, much love. I'm gonna shoot you.